Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I am your life transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Let's design your life. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. Today's topic is achieving success through failure. That sounds a little funny, but it basically means we have to continue to fail and fail and fail until we reach success. So let's talk about that. Why don't we grow? Why don't we want to grow, Toby? Um, it's easier not to. <laughs> that's that's right? true. That's, that's the bottom line. That it's easier true. not to grow. <clears throat> and I think uh, one of the things that prevents us from growing is uh, sometimes we make the assumption that... Uh, that we stopped growing when we turn 18 or something like that, right? That, although we, that because we've stopped our physical growth, that our emotional, our spiritual, our mental growth uh, stops at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a lot of times it's just kind of the, the imaginary constraints, restraints that we put on ourselves that says, I don't need to grow anymore. And and I think it happens each time you, you meet a milestone you know, when you graduate from high school. Well, I graduated from high school. I don't need to grow anymore. Oh, I graduated from college. I don't need to grow. Oh, I've got my master's degree. <laughs> what do I need to grow for? You know, and uh, or I got married. I had children. So we meet these demarcation points when when and and the reality is the fact that we meet those demarcation points is an indication that you are growing. Mm-hmm. You, you, most most people should not get married until they're mature enough in a lot of ways, on a, in all the different facets, facets of our personalities before they get married or before they have children. <clears throat> and if you look at the marriages that do not succeed in some case, I, I shouldn't make a generalization like that. But a lot of times, uh, they could it could be pointed back to... Well, you, having had a couple of them that failed yourself, yeah, I, you <laughs> I think say, you have some authority on it. <laughs> you can say, well, they weren't mature enough. Right, they hadn't developed enough. That was—I don't think that was true in our case, but I think it's true in a lot of cases when you see young people getting married or young people having children or th- things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, as I watch my daughters, you know, uh, they waited a really long time before they got married and before they started having children, uh, and I think that was good. I felt—I felt like they're ready for that. They've grown into that. They've matured. They've developed that far. But sometimes it's easier just not to develop. To you know what? What, what do we say in our last show about let let the river of life you know get in your raft and let the river of life take you where it will? Mm-hmm. That's a lot easier. It is. That's true. So let's talk about some of the reasons that we don't grow. Uh, starting with the assumption gap. I assume that I will automatically grow, as you could say. Uh, see, I've used children in these photos for a reason. Um, we don't improve by simply living. We think we will. We think, you know, everything's just going to keep getting better uh, as I get older and and keep at it, uh, doing what I'm doing. But if we never set another goal uh, or reach a little higher, we will continue to be where we're at for our whole lives. This is why most people, uh, their income level, once you're middle, once you're middle class, you're always middle class. Uh, If you grew up middle class, those are your expectations. Those are what you, uh, those are the values and the, uh, the financial levels that you, that you're used to. So you don't normally set your, uh, your sights any higher because it's just easier to live in that zone 
Um, but we have to be intentional about our growth. We have to s sit down, take the time, really figure out what it is we want in our lives and how we might be able to get there. And we don't, and, and we can't be afraid of. So, you know, if you you grew up comfortable in the middle class, and then you suddenly find yourself in the middle class, that should not be an obstacle to moving up to whatever level you want it. And I don't know necessarily the classes are a good example, but it shouldn't no, it's prevent just a financial you from, range. Right. So it shouldn't prevent you from wanting more, you know, from working harder to get more, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. You but you, you, you do notice that um, when somebody comes out of that range, let's say, for, for instance, and this is an extreme example, uh, somebody like Oprah Winf Winfrey, who started off rather poor and worked her way up to being one of the richest women in the world, uh, especially in the United States, huge difference there. And we, we notice, we pay attention to people who get out of their, uh, their financial comfort zone and move into another level. We take notice of that and it inspires us. <clears throat> the next one is the, I don't know how, the knowledge gap. I don't know how to grow. I don't, I don't, I don't know how to get from here to there. I don't have a roadmap. Well, don't let a lack of knowledge keep you from growth because there are available resources everywhere, right? You can get coaching. You can get a mentor. You can uh, watch YouTube videos of people that you admire. Uh, you can read biographies of people that uh, have done great things with their lives. So don't let that get in your way. I don't know how. We can learn how. Mm-hmm. Uh, the timing gap. It's not the right time to begin. I'm so busy. You know, my kids are here and in my kids are babies. My kids are in preschool. My kids are in school. I don't have time. I have to chaperone them. I have to drive them around. You know, I have all these other commitments. Uh, my job is crazy right now. We can come up with a million excuses about how we don't have the time. Now let's talk about the law of diminishing intent. The longer you want the longer you wait, the longer you wait to do something that you should do now, the greater the odds that you'll never actually do it. That makes sense, right? I mean, have you ever gone to a seminar or a conference and you heard an amazing speaker and they made an offer and you said, oh, I really wish I could take part in this offer. I just, I don't have the time right now. Uh, it's not the right time for me. I'm in between uh, too many things right now. So I'm just not going to sign up. And then you don't sign up. And then maybe a year or two later, somebody else who was at the conference is way ahead of you now because they invested in themselves and they took the chance and they invested in their time in that, in that, um, rather than putting it off. So just kind of keep in mind anytime that you haven't taken advantage of an opportunity because you didn't feel like you had the time and then think about, what did you miss out on? Uh, the perfection gap. I have to find the best way before I start. This is the same as when my daughter used to write papers for a class. Uh, she, if she had to write a paper, she didn't want to write the first draft, the rough draft, just write things down and get started. She wanted it all to be perfect in her head before she wrote the first word. And what happened was she wouldn't get it done, right? She was completely capable of doing it. She's very smart, 
But because she was convinced it had to be perfect when it came out the first time, she just wouldn't get started. I have to do it perfect the first time. This can stop so many of us. But uh, you have to get started if you want to find the best way, right? If she would have written stuff down and, and had a mess to work with, she would have at least had something to work with, to move around, to edit, to, uh, to guide her in, in the direction she wanted to go. Uh, and as you move forward, a little more of the road is revealed to you. What's that mean? Well, maybe you don't have the how when you start off with your goal. I want, I want to get 10 new clients in the next six months. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm going to start. I'm going to do the next thing and then the next thing after that. And then other avenues will open up to me and I'll be able to see what I should do after that. So having the goal first without the how and then just getting started on it is going to get you a lot further along than knowing everything before you start. You want to hear a story? Sure. So uh, Ernest Hemingway was being interviewed once by a gentleman from the New York Times um, books page. You know, they they have a section dedicated to uh, books. And he said, um, uh, Mr. Hemingway, tell me about your writing process. And Hemingway says, said to him, uh, I get up in the morning, I shower, I shave, I sit down at my typewriter and I type 400 words. And the guy said, uh, are those perfect 400 words? And he said, no, that's what we have editors for. <laughs> but it was important for him to get that 400 words out because 400 words typewritten is about two pages. So he wrote his books two pages at a time mm. to the best of his ability. He mm -hmm. knew what the story was. He knew how to tell a story, but he didn't look for perfection. Mm -hmm. He looked for getting the, the words on paper and then leaving it to an editor to make sure that whatever uh, corrections have to be made uh, were made. And what was amazing about Hemingway, what, what, one of the things that Hemingway was known for were these amazingly long, complex sentences sometimes without punctuation, but generally with punctuation, that when you read them, all made sense in the end. There, you know, you can take any page in any one of Hemingway's books and you can pull out one of these sentences that's longer than the 30 words. Back when we used to have an attention span. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, But again, uh, he didn't shoot for perfection. Mm -hmm. he, he shot for telling a story. Yeah. And uh, perfection was left to the editors. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's funny that you mentioned him because we have a quote coming up from him uh, oh, good. very very soon here. Action inspires motivation. Did you know that? You're not going to feel like doing stuff sometimes, but if you just do it, then you'll get into it. You'll start to feel like, hey, this was a good idea. Uh, the inspiration gap is, I don't feel like doing it, right? I'm not motivated. I'm not inspired. I don't want to. That's why I have a crying baby there. I don't want to. <laughs> You only discover the reasons to stay with growth if you stick with it long enough to start reaping the benefits, right? I feel like that so many times. I'm not getting any results. Why should I keep doing this? Uh, but maybe the, the results are so microscopic or they're so out of my zone of knowing that they are happening. I just don't, I'm not aware of it. So I have to just keep doing what I'm doing, keep uh, keep climbing that mountain, and I'll get to the top eventually. Admiral William McCracken, uh, 
I think that's right. Head of the Navy SEALs, head head of the Naval, uh, the the uh, U.S. Special Operations Command, and eventually the guy that ran the Obama, uh, the Obama, the um, Osama bin Laden operation. <clears throat> he was making a speech at a high school, and um, he advised everybody to get up and make your bed. And he said, because that's the start of your day. Right. That's if you've done something, you can say, <laughs> I've started doing something. So my but that's the thing, though. We don't always recognize that I did make start, my bed right. today. Yeah. And I did this, and I did this, and I did this, and I did this, because I didn't get the result that I was mm -hmm. wanting. You know, I'm still working towards that result. But all these things do add up. They well, all matter. and the Navy SEALs, you know, if, if he's telling, if he's saying that to a Navy SEAL, make your bed and then you're going to go off in an operation, that's a completely different direction. But if you're telling it to a bunch of high school kids who just have to get through that school day, you know, or college kids, or but you listen to that and I'm retired. I wake up, I open my drapes, see what the world is like, and I make my bed. And that just sets off the rest of the day. I feel like I can go on with the rest of my day now. Yeah. And it keeps you from wanting to crawl back in. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too, is you go like, oh, okay, well, there's no reason to go back to bed. The other yeah. nice thing about it is at the end of the day, when you go back into that bedroom and you're preparing yourself, for, there's nothing kind of better than having a nice, fresh, freshly made bed, you know, to pull back the blankets and crawl into. So, Yeah. Um, competition. The comparison gap. Other people are better at this than I am. Other people are further ahead. Other people know more. Other people have more experience. Other people have bigger businesses. Other people are making more money. Other people have more clients. I could go on and on and on. But the important thing is I'm unique. I'm good at what I do. I like what I do. I'm going to keep doing it. And maybe what I say resonates with somebody that it would not have resonated with them if somebody else had said it. So it's important to me that I continue to do that work. And you can learn. You can only learn if other people are ahead of you in the game. How, how else are we going to learn if people haven't already uh, been there, done that, and helped us to move forward? Uh, I mean, otherwise we have to be super innovative like you know, Elon Musk or somebody who's inventing brand new things that have never been done before. But that's very rare. But we can learn so much better if other people have already done it. We see, hey, this has been done. This is doable. I believe that this can be done. So why not me? And, and the people that you're learning from both uh, are not only the doers in the world, right? The Elon Musks all the way back to, well, uh, Albert Einstein as an example. But those people have... Um, from the guy that decided to start chipping at a rock to make a wheel, right? There are always those of us as humans who are uh, have the imagination necessary to take us to the next level, whatever it is. And if you're not one of them, if you don't have it, then, and, and there's no reason why you can't be. There are no obstacles to being that kind of person. But what you can do is you can learn from them. Mm -hmm. And don't be ashamed by it to admit that's that right. you can we all learn stand on the shoulders of the people, of the people that preceded us. us that's, that's right. right so learn to become comfortable with being out of your comfort zone in order to grow and learn that uh comparing yourself to others doesn't really do you any favors because comparison is the thief of joy uh so don't compare yourself to other people compare yourself to where you used to be and where you are now 
the expectation gap. I thought it would be easier than this. <laughs> How many of us say that every day? <laughs> Raising kids. I thought it would be easier than this. Yeah. Uh, Anything. It could be anything that we're learning how to do. We always think we always think it's going to take less time than it does, less money than it does. We're going to have less problems than it does, uh, because we don't understand that those people who did this before us don't often share the road that they took and how long it took to get there. I was listening to a podcast the other day from a life coach. She's making hundred thousand dollars a year, and I was like, oh, that would be nice. Uh, And then she mentioned that she had been working on it for uh, a good eight years, writing a blog post every single day for eight years where only three or four people would read it. But she continued to show up. And then after hearing that, I was like, oh, okay. Um, (laughs) I see that it's a lot harder than I thought it was to get to where she is. You know, I I begin to see the work that she put in in order to get to where she is. So I understand uh, that it takes more. uh, You know, I can't judge myself, her ending and my beginning. You know, um, we have to look at, and, and we can't think, oh, well, she had luck. That's why she's there. Because luck is simply preparation plus attitude plus opportunity plus action, right? So setting your goals, having a strong attitude that you're going to see them through, uh, taking advantage of all your opportunities, and taking action every day towards that goal. That you make your own luck, right? Right? (laughs) And no successful person believes that growth comes quickly. They know that you have to fail forward. And then number eight, the fear of failure, fear of failure gap. I'm afraid of making mistakes. I don't want to fail in front of other people. I don't want to be embarrassed. This is especially strong in men. Uh, It's been shown that men's, men's number one fear is being made fun of, being laughed at, being ridiculed, uh, being humiliated. Uh, For women, it's violence. Um, You know, we have greater, (laughs) greater, uh, fear of violence than we do of being, you know, laughed at. Because I think as we grow up as women and young girls, we just like, you get both ends of it. You either get treated like the princess or you get treated like the maid, you know? Um, so we kind of, we kind of have a more of an understanding of what's going on there, but we all have that fear of falling on our face in front of people. The best thing to do is just keep practicing it. You know, if you're afraid of getting up on stage, get up on stage and get over it. And uh, and after doing it several times, you'll lose that fear. So expect to make mistakes every day. That happens to everybody, and it's okay. We have to ex- not only expect it, but accept it, and it's okay. Uh, and we welcome them. It's a sign that we are actually doing something, right? If you're not... Uh, out there fighting in the arena, you'll never fall down, but you'll never accomplish anything either. And here's that quote. Uh, oh, this isn't the Hemingway quote. <laughs> I put that in the next one. Never mind. Man next cannot, presentation or next I don't, slide? I don't remember now. <laughs> Dang, Nabbit. I gave you a nice lead in. I know, because I was like, wait, I've heard the Hemingway. I don't know if it's in today's. Maybe it's at the end of the... We'll see. 
Man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. How do you feel about that? You've, you've been a sailor. Uh, I'm absolutely. I'm a big believer in that. As a matter of fact, I found myself one day heading out of my river there at Harrington Harbor into the Chesapeake Bay. I headed south because I was taking a long weekend, a three-day weekend. And I went out to where the bay empties into the uh, Atlantic Ocean. And I wasn't planning to go there, but I decided to go. And there was a point at which I literally had to say to myself, you are out of sight of land. You're not a uh, you've not an ocean sailor, right? You've always been with the Chesapeake Bay or, or the San Francisco Bay. You've always been within sight of land. And uh, the first reaction was like, are you nuts? Let's turn around. And the second reaction was, how far could you go? And the answer is at that point, you could go around the world. I almost did. <laughs> but I had a Forrest Finn moment. Like yeah. my wife and kids would be really unhappy if I didn't come back this weekend. Yeah, well, you, know? you have to make a plan for uh, that. You but, can't just serendipitously go out there and then they don't know it would ever happen to you. Right. But the, the, the point is that uh, I was a kid from New Mexico. Sailing was not amongst my forts. Right. I, I didn't know anything about it. But I became a good enough sailor that I could get myself to that point and consider. And I had a boat by that time. I had a Cal 30, which was a seaworthy, an ocean-worthy boat. Uh, and I was a good enough single-handed sailor by that time that I, could, I felt comfortable that I could do it. Uh, but it took me a while to get to that point, right? Because as a sailor, as, a sailor, as you're learning to sail, like everything else, you experience failure after failure after failure. Now, luckily, you're not doing a lot of damage, but sometimes you do, you know? Like throwing your phone overboard. Yeah, that's <laughs> All right. Trying to be cool. Let me just take that flip phone and flip, flip it over it, the boat. Flip it out. Uh, into the water. Oh, and I would just like, what this is reminding me of is... We cannot get to great until we let go of good enough, right? If you want great, if you want great in your life, if you want a great relationship, if you want a great uh, job, if you want a great career, if you want a great life, everything in your life to be great, then you have to let go of anything that's just good enough, right? Um, like, um... I put on this shirt today. It's a little small and a little tight, but it's good enough. Why don't you just chuck that shirt and buy something great? <laughs> well, either that or, or or say to yourself, I could lose it. Not in your case. <laughs> I could lose another 10 or 12 pounds. And then know? it would fit great. And right. then it would yeah. look great. Yeah. Right. So it's your choice, I guess. Right. Well, and, and I have an experience. I've got a leather jacket that I've owned for 25 years in the closet. Yeah. There. And it has gotten smaller than me. Yeah. Right? Somewhere along the line, it just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Leather will do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the other day... It does day, it to cows, But too. the other day, <laughs> I found one that was the same size as me, so I bought it. Yeah. So I, I didn't... I didn't accept... What did you just say? I didn't accept the... It's good enough? Yeah. Uh, well, it wasn't uh, good enough because no. it wasn't even fitting you. No. So, uh, moving on. Failure is... This is a dictionary... Uh, definition of failure, the omission of expected or required action. 
Yeah, see, when we put it that way, we take out the drama and the emotion of failing, failing. So it's just words, right? But when we think back, oh my gosh, I failed at that. How badly do we feel? Because the word failure is full of that connotation of, I screwed up. I made a mess of things. It's all my fault. And we have that that guilt and shame that, that piles up. But when you take it like this and just say, well, I didn't get what I expected. Uh, I ordered a vanilla ice cream and I got chocolate ice cream. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, uh, failure. It's a failure, but I still have ice cream, so it's okay. Uh, uh, I, the required action was omitted. I didn't, I didn't get my result because I didn't come. I didn't do the thing that was required to get that result, right? I didn't lose any weight this week because I, uh, you know, I cheated on my diet. So didn't have the required action, didn't get the required, the expected result. Something didn't turn out the way we have expected. We can make it mean whatever we want it to mean. We can think whatever we want to think about it. Um, like I said, uh, I ordered chocolate ice cream and I got a vanilla ice cream. That's not what I expected. I don't have to make a drama out of it. I don't have to cry the like the cry like the little child. It's, you know, I I refuse to accept chocolate and it's not what I wanted or expected. So I'm gonna cry about it and throw a fit and in and just and just not be happy with the vanilla. <laughs> but as adults, when we're emotional adults, we can look at that vanilla ice cream and say, well, it wasn't what I expected, but that's okay. I'll make the best of it. I'll throw it to Toby. <laughs> Why didn't you order chocolate? <laughs> so what things are all, these things are all in our head, right? It's what we think about it. It's what we make it mean. Look at this guy out on the lake fishing. Do you think he cares if he catches any fish, or is he just having a good time fishing? What do you think? Uh, the second, because I've been—I haven't been out on the lake, but I've been in the middle of a river, uh, wasting my time. And I know I'm wasting my time, but it's so beautiful, so pleasant, so uh, so refreshing. You know, spiritually refreshing, which is hard for me to use. <clears throat> that you say, uh, I'm waiting till sunset. I'm going to stay out here till sunset. Because you're enjoying the process. You're right. enjoying the day. You're enjoying the journey. And, and as a fisherman, one of the things you're always doing is you're always learning. You're constantly learning uh, to make you a better fisherman. So even if you stand out there, you can improve your cast. You can uh, improve uh, matching the hatch. You can try uh, new types of flies, you know, streamers. Or uh, the day that I started using nymphs, uh, to fish was a day that I, I spent eight hours tossing a dry fly without so much as a rise. And I thought, well, let me try the nymphs. So I spent practicing with the nymphs the next couple of hours, and I came home with five fish. So those are days like that where you just say, I'm going to make the best of this, and I'm going to enjoy being out here, the retired guy being <laughs> where exactly where he wants to be on a Wednesday when everybody else is working, you know, yeah. and or, or doing other things, so. And the, and the people who love fishing will tell you, any even the worst day fishing is better than the best day working, so, because they, they just love it. Mm. Uh, you have to, you have complete control over your reaction to failing. We just talked about this, right? It's all in your mind. It's what you make it mean. And so, remember that success is acquired, 
by failure and by being willing to fail. I can't be successful at being a public speaker unless I'm willing to get up on stage and try it out and fail and try again and fail and adjust what I'm saying and what I'm doing on stage and learn and fail again until I start to see success. I can't imagine that I will just jump out on stage and be perfect the minute I'm up there. I'll get you know, a standing ovation and people will want to work with me and give me all kinds of money. That's not going to happen without the practice, without the failures that come into that practice. And that's, and that's how it happens for most of us that do become good at a particular area, especially public speaking, because we all, and you've heard the story, we all remember our first attempt and how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. And and that grew into, yeah. you know, one of the best uh, speakers on technology. And, and, and then you know, hey, it'll never be as bad as that again. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that's like, probably yeah. true. It was yeah. probably... Yeah. It will never be as bad as exactly. that. Exactly. I mean, that's <coughs> I. When I was in high school, I got I I stood up in front of people and sang, uh, and uh, the music was on the speakers that were in front of me, and I couldn't hear the music, so I couldn't keep time. I couldn't hear the pitch and the tone of the music because the speakers were in front of me instead of behind me, and I didn't have one pointing at me, so I could hear it. So I just kind of had to guess at where I was, and and then. Uh, the the person running the music tried to turn it up a little bit for me and then eventually it went off altogether in the middle of the song and yet I finished and I was embarrassed but I knew at the same time I finished I did that I got up there I was brave and everybody in the room you know they they were like oh you know they didn't they didn't make fun of me they didn't laugh they didn't. They were just like, "Oh, you were so brave, and <laughs> you tried really hard." <laughs> well, they're probably thinking to themselves, "I'm glad that wasn't me." I'm glad that wasn't me. Yeah. yeah, but they could see that I was doing my very best. I was trying really hard, and things just weren't working out. Um, other people have empathy for that. So even if you get up and fall on your face in front of everybody, there's a lot of people in that room who are saying, "Yep, been there." It's okay. <laughs> Happens to all of us. And then, you know, it'll never be that bad again. <laughs> so, yeah. So have an action plan for success. The best way to meet your expectations, which is the same as succeeding, is to practice and visualize what it is you want to do. So if I want to be a public speaker, I need to write my speech. I need to practice my speech. I need to visualize myself on stage giving that speech. And uh, I will do that speech and make mistakes. And that's okay. That's what, that's what life's all about, is making mistakes and learning from them. When we're children, it's expected, right? We're learning how to walk. We're learning how to ride a bike. We're learning how to write. We're learning how to spell, how to read, all of that. And it's expected that we'll make mistakes. And if my child was reading to me and he was just learning and he made a mistake, I would just very quietly correct him. It wasn't a big deal. It was expected. And we didn't make it mean that he'd never learned to read. It was a mistake. We'll move on. We'll learn. So we need to treat ourselves as good as we've treated our children in that regard. Um, we learn what doesn't work 
and then we try again. Confidence. A lot of people will say, I just want to have more confidence. Guess what? Confidence is earned. Nobody can hand you confidence. Nobody can teach it to you. You have to earn it for yourself. And that is through a willingness to fail. It is through <clears throat> commitment to continue to take action even when you're not seeing results. And that is knowing that you learn and improve every time you try. That's where confidence comes from. Toby's sec- <laughs> second rule of life right, is um, winning builds confidence. Losing builds character. And that doesn't just apply to sports. That applies to almost everything. But you're not going to win every time. Right. Uh, and that's why you say, right, Then you, you, the winning is going to, I was right, I did it right, that builds confidence. Losing is, wow, I messed up. What can I learn from that? And I used it as a, I, I used it, having learned it, I used it you know, when I was coaching. But it's also when you're building a business, when you're trying to build a business on your own in Washington, D.C., one of the biggest technical markets in the world, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to lose. There are times where you're going to lose, and you don't even have anybody to blame. It's not like you're competing against other people. You're competing for a government contract that they gave to somebody else. Yeah. And one of the things that you learned is it's not you. It's not, it's not because... It's not because they know and don't like Toby Eunice, right? Mm-hmm. It's because his uh, response to the proposal was exactly what we were looking for. It wasn't better than yours. It was, that's what we were looking right. for, right? That's what and so you learn from that. You learn the process. You get better at it. And the, m- the more you try, eventually you're winning more often. But uh, rule number three is um, people who take risks fail more often than they succeed. But these people who continually fail until they succeed also have empathy for those who are doing yeah. the same. And I watched Toby on the phone the other night talking with somebody who was beating himself up for having made a mistake in his business. And Toby said, okay, let's learn from it and move on. He wouldn't let the other person beat themselves up because he had the empathy of, I've been there, I've done that. It doesn't pay to sit there and wallow in you know, uh, your regrets, you need to learn and move forward as quickly as you can. And, and to defeat a, 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 the, the experience, uh, you know, and I'm, I'll use the soccer metaphor again, uh, a loss, a defeat is not the end of the season, you know, m- metaphorically speaking. It's simply a point at which y- you're, you need more skills, you need to develop more skills. In the case of athletes, they need to... Uh, uh, develop themselves personally, et cetera, et cetera. But at loss, the character-building part of losing is learning what you need to do so that the next time you have that much more advantage in the process. And again, that's not just when it comes to, it comes to when it comes to life, when it comes to business, when it comes to relationships. Um, those are all things that you can say to yourself rather than giving up. You can say, "What did I learn from that?" Mm-hmm. Especially, "What did I learn about myself?" Rather than because if you're going like, well, I learned you can't trust women. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not it, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's, that's not what you should have learned. Uh-huh. What you should have learned is what, what happened there? How, how can I make sure that doesn't happen again? What can I do to myself? Because you're not going to change, the, you know, more than 50% of the population is female. You're not going to change that population. 
you're going to have to learn about yourself in order to accommodate their needs or their expectations, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where the growth comes from. And we're talking about growth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Failure makes you stronger. <laughs> that which does which? not kill you makes you stronger. Except bears. Except bears, bears. Will, bears will just kill you. Uh, so when we look at it that way, and we look at it like, today I'm going to accumulate failures, and that's going to be my badge of honor, right? It, failure is like a hard workout. It makes you stronger so that you can do more in the future. I like yeah? it. Mm-hmm. So here are my recommendations. Choose to grow. It's a choice. It's a decision. Write out your goals. See them. Know what they are. Be really familiar. If I were to come up to you and say to you, oh, what, what goals are you working on right now? You should be able to rattle them right off. Oh, yeah, I'm doing this and this and this and this. And here's where I'm at. And here's what I've gotten done so far. And here's where I need to go. And I'm still working on this. If somebody asks you what your goals are, know what they are. Take action until you find something that works. Don't stop. Don't give up. That's not how people succeed. Ask anybody who succeeded at something, how did you get there? And they'll tell you, I kept working at it until I got there. I didn't stop. No matter how many failures, I didn't let them get in my way. So expect those failures and learn from them. And then get the support you need to keep going. I will tell you this 50 times a day. I rely on my support system so much to keep me going when things are not working. I'm not getting any results. I go to my support system. So I strongly recommend that to everybody. Have a good, strong support system. Somewhere you can go. Someone you can talk to. A podcast you can listen to. A book you can read. A video you can watch. Some kind of support to keep you going. Reach out. Join the Softer Side member vault at easofterside.com and you'll find a lot of that support in there as well. Join our Facebook group, uh, Facebook group slash the Softer Side. We have this uh available as well on podcast if you like podcasts it's at anchor fm spotify google play and apple podcasts and you can email me if you need support at thesofterside.info at gmail.com i'm offering free personalized coaching it doesn't get any cheaper than free but you have to make the decision you have to decide yes i want that support yes i want to sit down and work on my goals yes i want to know where I'm at and where I'm going and then sign up for the life by design program. It's free, right? And what will you get from it? You'll get clarity in your goals and purpose. You will clear away procrastination and find motivation. You will learn to manage your thoughts and you will choose your future by choosing your goals. This is available for free until October 19th. You can sign up. There's a link in the description box below or you can email me to get started. Now we're gonna open up the phone lines and talk to our chat room. And here's a question for you to answer. What have you failed at recently and what did you learn from it? Hey, if you're not failing, you're not trying. So let's go to a full screen and see what's going on in our chat room. Let's say hello to some people who stopped in at Facebook. That would be Chris Thor. Wait. She's on both she's Facebook both. and YouTube. We have Greg Jorgensen, Dr. Greg. 
Dr. J. Uh, Catherine Just. Hey, Catherine. I haven't seen you in a long time. Getting ready for ballooning. Uh, Teresa Longo. Hey, Teresa. Nice to see you here. And Aaron Mastriani. Hi, Aaron. So good to have you back. All right. So who's in our YouTube chat room? Say hi to Angelina Sings. Hello. Christy is in our YouTube chat room. Like I said, she's doing it in stereo today. (laughs) Jimmy Fast says howdy from Santa Fe. Hey, Jimmy. And he's giving everybody raisin cookies. Yay. Angelina says, let's see. um, So you must have said something that she was responding to. So um, uh, let's see. And the phone lines are open at 866. Ron Leak is in the room. So he says, if you have a hard time meeting a woman or women after divorce, how do you find a counselor that doesn't believe it's a sin to help you? Legitimate question from Alabama. How do you find? Yeah, yeah, that's a. It could be. Are you you going through your church for counseling? Um, That is usually a nice way to find counselors, unless it's a religious issue that's kind of blocking. Um, I don't think it's a sin if you want to talk to me as a coach. You can call me. Don't you offer the free free free. One discovery hour? session that you yeah. can just call, uh, go to esofterside.com and schedule that. Um, what was the question again? Let me hear it one more time. All right. Uh, if you have a hard time meeting women after divorce, how do you find a counselor that doesn't believe it's a sin to help you? Um, okay. How do you find a counselor is the question. Uh, there are many ways to look for counselors. You can go on Groupon. Uh, you can ask for uh, people in your people around you for uh, recommendations. You can look in online, uh, Google it in your area. Uh, if all you're finding in your area is people like that, then you might want to just do an online counseling service with somebody who's in another place. Um, but if you're having trouble meeting women, it, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, we'd have to we'd have to talk before I could understand your situation a little better. It, well, it's kind of two different problems, right? Yeah. I'm having trouble meeting women, and I can't meet a counselor either. Yeah. So it's two different things. Obviously, the first part of that is find a counselor. You can do that through uh, esofterside.com. Sure. Mm-hmm. Find a counselor, and then you can get into... In that in that initial session, you can get into what are the problems with meeting women because because what's going to assure you is that Shelley is not going to see it as sinful either to counsel you or sinful to meet women after you're divorced. So, not sure where. Uh, no, I don't judge people. I'm not sure. Counselors should not be judging I don't know their what, clients. Yeah, exactly. What, uh, what, where does a counselor be come from? They that space to be yourself and to feel accepted as who you are. If they're not doing that, then they're not a very good counselor. Uh, so that would be, I think, uh, uh, Jimmy's solution is just go get drunk. Right? Go <laughs> hit the bar just before closing. That'll do it. Oh. For meeting women. Well, that's not going to be no, very he's, helpful. In he's not, all you're after is sex he is not with being some stranger. Serious. That's not the best way yeah. to meet people. Uh, 
<laughs> and Jimmy, Take or a class? at the end, uh, Jimmy says, uh, "Date your counselor and kill two birds with one oh, stone." Yeah. No, Jimmy. I, I mean, we could give you all kinds of suggestions, but if it's an underlying mental issue, uh, some kind of a emotional block that's keeping you from meeting the right people, then you want to clear that away. There's a bunch of suggestions like, oh, you know, uh, go to go to classes, go to events, go to networking. You know, we could tell you all that. But that's not going to help until you're mentally ready for it. Uh, the best, the best way to meet women is to stop trying to meet women. It's true. Work on yourself. Enjoying yeah. life sends out this vibe to everybody that, hey, you know, this is a happy person. They got their act together. They're probably worth knowing. Yeah, there, there's nothing more desperate looking to me than a man. I suppose a woman, but I've never noticed it, uh, than a man that's that's working hard to meet women, right? Uh, it's just, it looks desperate. And uh, and women don't find that confident. What they want is a man confident en enough not to have to chase around. That's that's what, if you want to see them, go just go to a bar some night, some Friday night. <laughs> and you'll see a lot of men like who, tonight. <laughs> who, who lack confidence trying to meet women. And the women in the room know that. So. I don't know. I just wouldn't go to a bar to meet people. That's yeah. just not my thing. All right. But then I've been married for 35 years, so my husband probably wouldn't appreciate it anyway. <laughs> 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 oh, honey, while you were at work, I went to the bar and met a bunch of guys. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it was an experiment. Yeah. Just to prove that So our phone line is open at 866-597-9901. If you'd like to call us, if you have any questions, or if you're having any issues that you'd like to discuss, please do give us a call now, and uh, we'll get into it. Um, is that everything in the chat room? Mm -hmm. All right. Just well. uh, Jimmy Fast being crazy. <laughs> well, that—that's a judgment uh, on his mental health. Or no, no, is that just a, being facetious. No, I'm just being facetious. Okay. He says, uh, "Well, here's an example." He says, "I think that's the cologne I use." Quote desperation. Unquote. <laughs> so yeah, he's being like high karate. Yeah, yeah. Ha. <laughs> so. Fight the women off with right. the high karate. <laughs> Okay, that aged me right there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Right? I think that was a commercial in the 70s. Mine was, mine was Jade East. Jade East. Mm. That was the, my high school. I see. As a matter of fact, pretty much, everybody on, pretty much everybody on the football team had Jade East. So when we went to the dance afterwards, the entire like, dance like smelled like wafted. Yeah, Jade East. Interesting. Well, at least you smell good. Yeah. That was better. Well, I know why. Why? Because you came, grew up in Santa Fe. Yeah. That was important to uh, that culture. Sure, Shelley has a theory about it, the Hispanic culture that we like. Hispanic and Spanish, yeah. That they're very, con they're very conscious of how they smell, and they always want to smell. I mean, a man who's working hard is not going to worry about it because mm -hmm. he's working hard. Uh, but when he's done working hard, he wants to shower and he wants to go home and he wants to smell nice. Didn't your dad? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and where I got mom. the. That's yep. Yeah. And that's they want their children the to be nicely dressed, thing. and uh, the whole family is always attractive looking. You know, they're very conscious of how they look and smell. <laughs> I mean, just it's a culture thing. Mm -hmm. No, I agree with you. Yeah. That's how it was. That's really how it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've noticed it because I grew up in the Southwest. Yeah. 
So uh, let's talk about what's coming up next week. Of course, on Monday, I will have a storytelling therapy video uh, that fits into the theme of life by design. And there's the Ernest Hemingway quote, Hemingway quote, it is good to have an end to journey toward, but it is the journey that matters in the end. 400 words a day. <laughs> so uh, Wednesday, October 9th at four o'clock, we'll be talking about the journey from here to there. Uh, so during this, um, uh, Life by Design program, we've had it broken up into four weeks. The first week was awareness. The second week was planning. This week has been about goals. Uh, and next week is about support. So when we are journeying from here to there, and we talked about this a little bit Wednesday, last Wednesday, uh, there's a gap, a growth gap right between here and there. Or what is also called the river of misery, uh, or an identity gap. So there's this gap that we have to cross. And while we're crossing it, it can get very uncomfortable. We can become very anxious. We can say, nothing's working. I'm going back where I came from. Uh, it's a difficult place to be. So we need to find a support system to help us get through that gap. So that's what we'll be addressing next week. And this is our topic for Wednesday. Um, uh, that would be, a, a for those of you that don't know what else we do, that would be like a perfect Fenn quote. <laughs> you know, if Fenn had written that, it's good to have an end to your journey towards, but it's not the journey that matters in the, in the end. Right. What's interesting about that sentence mm -hmm. is it's got a semicolon and it's got a comma right there. It's... But it is the journey that matters, comma, in the end. Mm -hmm. That's that's. I'm, I'm surprised Fenn hasn't stolen that quote. <laughs> Bar borrowed, borrowed, <laughs> not stolen. That'd be perfect for him. Yeah, it's good to have an end to journey toward. There you go. But it's the journey that matters in the end. It's a good one to memorize. I like it. All right. Well, uh, we've closed the phone lines back down and. We have read through the chat room, and that's all we have for today. And I do appreciate all of you being here today for all your great questions, comments, and conversation. Please do take the time to visit easehofterside.com and schedule that discovery call with me uh, if you are looking for that support to get you from here to there. Anything else? No, that's it. All right. For The Softer Side, I am your Life Transitions Coach, Shelley Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and visit the free member vault for more great tips and ideas at esofterside.com.